This is the Reading Instruction Show. I'm your host, as always, Dr. Andy Johnson. The topic of today's podcast is sounding out words and correcting mistakes. But first, a story. Once upon a time, there was a girl named Missy. She was a third grade student with whom I was working with online. I was tutoring, tutor, tutoring her. Before our first session, I listened to her read passages. She read passages at grade level 1.9, approximately. That was the level. Here she read 50 words a minute with 97% accuracy. Seven weeks later, after 14 sessions, she read passages at approximately grade level 2.5. Here she read 74 words per minute with 98% accuracy. So you can see we improved on both reading fluency and word reading accuracy. But that's a tangent here. To diagnose and assess her initially, I didn't need no stinking tests. Instead, I listened to her read, imagine that, and I noted the type of miscue she made. I also watched her eyes. Watch the eyes of your readers. They tell you much. Noting what she was struggling with, we were able to focus our work specifically on two deficit areas, reading fluency and word identification. And by the way, all struggling readers are not the same. That's why these one-size-fits-all reading programs implemented with fidelity often fail with fidelity. Children are not standardized products. The idea that a struggling third-grade reader in Blackwater, Arizona would need the exact same program implemented in the exact same way as a struggling reader in Edina, Minnesota is a bit far-fetched. But we still buy these expensive one-size-fits-all reading programs for our struggling readers. And we struggle to make the child fit the program instead of making the program fit the child. And when these expensive one-size-fits-all reading programs don't work, as is inevitably is the case, what happens next? We either force the child to do more of what isn't working so it won't work even more, or we look for other programs to buy. Makes sense, yes? Now, I say this because there are three reading deficit areas. Word identification, fluency, and comprehension. Not all struggling readers struggle in all three areas. Many beginning readers struggle with word identification and fluency, and often this is because they have been over-phoneticized. They've been over-phonixed. They've been taught they have not been taught other word identification strategies or had activities to develop all three cueing systems. 
and phonics has been used to stamp all the joy of reading right out of them. Now back to Missy. When Missy came to a word she didn't recognize when we first started, she stopped and began looking at individual letters. She was obviously using only a single cueing system, the phonological cueing system, which is one-third of her word recognition capacity. Three cueing systems are phonics, semantics, and syntax. But using only phonics or the phonological cueing system, because that's all she knew, she would begin sounding out each individual letter. And letter and letter sounds soon filled up her short-term memory. Short-term memory has a limited capacity. It can hold only about seven bits of information for about 15 seconds. And then it starts to fade. She was trying to hold all the letters and sounds in short-term memory and put them together to create words and understand and remember what she was reading all at the same time. And again, you can hold seven letters in short-term memory, seven words, or seven ideas. Which do you think is more efficient for creating meaning? Ideas. That's why meaning-making approaches to reading instruction and interventions, uh, approaches that focus on ideas and meaning, are generally more effective than sounding out word instruction and sounding out word interventions. And by the way, what do we usually do when children are reading out loud and they come to a word they don't recognize? What do we say? We say, Sound it out! Sound it out! Brilliant! As if they hadn't thought of that. If they could sound it out, they wouldn't have stopped in the first place. So, here's my super-duper, super-special, super-secret reading strategy. I told Missy to say blank and keep moving on when she came to a word that she didn't recognize. There you go. I call this the Johnson Method. I guess I could create a specialized program and, and charge teachers and tutors a lot of money to take my classes. They get all certified with the Johnson Method. These Johnson teachers would be specially trained to tell students to say blank. They could even use multi-sensory say blank instruction to teach teachers to say blank. Oh, wouldn't that be grand? And I'd make lots of money off our struggling readers. And isn't that the way things are supposed to go? So, I wanted Missy to start using the ideas in her head as well as the clues around the target word to recognize it. It was much quicker and much easier than sounding out each individual letter in the word. When she did this, when she said blank, she always figured out the word by the end of the sentence. She usually figured it out two or three words down the line. So, instead of 10 seconds and a lot of frustration, it took one or two seconds to figure out the words with 
very little frustration. So, hmm, let's compare the two. 10 seconds, frustration. One or two seconds, little frustration. Which one do you think is better for creating meaning? Now, a few weeks later, I was working with Missy and she told me I was magic because the words just popped into her head. Magic. I taught her to say blank and let her eyeballs bounce on both sides of the words. That's what I taught her. We also did a lot of clothes and maze activities where I taught her to use clues on both sides of the target word to figure it out. Magic. Magic. Sounding it out. Stop telling students to do that. And then the, the other thing you need to stop doing, or I would implore you or invite you to stop doing. Stop correcting students' mistakes when they're doing oral reading, when we're listening to them read out loud. I know this is a very hard thing to do, but stop it. Just stop it for three reasons. First, it deprives them of the ability to develop metacognition. Metacognition means thinking about thinking. It means, does this sentence make sense? Is this the right word? That's metacognition. And if we jump in and correct them all the time, they don't do this. It develops, it, it, it deprives them of the ability to do that, to learn how to do that. And second, it deprives them of the chance to develop the semantic and syntactic cueing system. They see a word, they stop, they don't know what it is. They're not taught to use grammar, word order, or context, and they just sit and wait. And third, students associate good reading with word reading accuracy. And there's a hesitancy to make mistakes because they don't want to be seen as bad readers. But this hesitancy to make mistakes results in slow, choppy, word-by-word -word reading as students look at every letter and process every single letter sound. You get that stilted, choppy, word-by-word -word reading instead of that nice, fluent reading. Okay, this has been the Reading Instruction Show. A couple things to remember. Tell students simply to say blank if they encounter a word they don't recognize and keep moving on. The second thing, don't tell students to sound it out. They already know they should do that, but they're not, uh, they, they're not quite clear how to do it. The best thing you can do is say, well, what word makes sense within that sentence? Well, see if, give it a shot and see if that makes sense. All right. What word makes sense within the sentence? What word creates meaning? And the third one is stop correcting mistakes. This has been the Reading Instruction Show.